You're listening to Kalam Institute's podcast series, Sira, Life of the Prophet, by Sheikh Abdul Nasir Jangda. Visit us on the web at kalaminstitute.org or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash kalaminstitute. Bismillahi walhamdulillah wa salati wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Apologize for the uh, late start, the delay today. Inshallah, we'll continue from where we left off last time. Uh, in the previous session, we started the uh, story and started the discussion on the journey of the Prophet wasallam. As I mentioned last time, this is one of the landmark events of the seerah, of the life of the Prophet wasallam, and this is the journey of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, and the journey by night to Jerusalem, and of course the ascension above the heavens. So we started off by talking a little bit about when this exactly occurred, what the year was, what the month was, the day was, and we talked about maybe some of the variation uh, in the narration that is found. Where was he exactly at that moment? Uh, what time of the year was it even? What, what year it exactly was? And we kind of came to certain conclusions. The second thing that we talked about was, we talked about how before the Prophet ﷺ departed on this extremely miraculous, profound journey, the Prophet of Allah ﷺ actually underwent a procedure. One, uh, similar to the procedure that had taken place earlier during his childhood. And that was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the angels, the malaika, to cleanse the heart of the Prophet and And specifically, cleanse the heart from what? This is Muhammad Rasulullah that we're talking about. And we're talking uh, about the Prophet 11, almost 12 years into his mission. So it wasn't to cleanse his heart from any filth or anything bad, but it was to remove all the ache and pain from the heart of the Prophet ﷺ. So that he could enjoy this journey without the slightest bit of just, you know, the, the emotional distress that he had experienced in the last, you know, year and a half. From the lo- losing his wife to losing his uncle, the journey to Ta'if, the persecution in Mecca becoming more and more severe day by day. All of these things had really weighed down on the Prophet ﷺ and caused him a lot of difficulty, a lot of distress. And so this was removing all those burdens from the heart of the Prophet ﷺ. Then we talked about how the journey actually began. And we talked about the buraq, the miraculous transportation that was provided for the Prophet ﷺ for him to ride on this transportation on his way to Jerusalem, Baytul Maqdis. And we talked about the fact how the Prophet ﷺ made certain stops along the way. Inzil, Fasalli. Jibreel ﷺ would say, O Messenger of Allah, please step down from your transportation here and offer prayer here. And then when they would move on, he would ask him, Atadri aina salayta, do you know where you prayed? And the Prophet ﷺ would say, No, I don't. And he prayed at the, in the city of Medina. And Jibreel ﷺ told the Prophet ﷺ even, Wa ilayha al muhajiru that someone will basically saying that the, uh, the, the, the great man will, will migrate to the city, referring to the Prophet ﷺ. And then the, he also prayed at the tree under the shade of which Musa ﷺ took refuge, prayed at Turisina, where Musa ﷺ would converse with Allah. He prayed at Bethlehem, 
the birthplace of Isa alayhi salam. So he prayed at all these landmarks, all these places on his way. Now, the and then we also talked about how on the way there, he also saw certain things. For instance, we talked about the people where he saw certain people who were um, harvesting crop morning and evening. Or rather, they would, they would plant, sow their seeds one day and harvest the very next day. They would get an immediate turnover, a reward from Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Man ha'ula? Ya Jibreel ma hadha? What is this? And he told them, these are the people that strive in the path in the cause of Allah. That they get an immediate reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he also, um, while passing through, while traveling, while traversing this area, this journey, the Prophet ﷺ came across a very beautiful fragrance. And he asked, and it was the woman that used to brush the hair of the daughter of Fir'aun. And how when she declared her iman, when it became apparent that she was a believer, Fir'aun not only killed her, but killed her whole family. And how Jibreel ﷺ told him that this is the scent that comes from you know, where, where they were buried. And so these were certain experiences that the Prophet of Allah ﷺ was having along the way. And so that's where we're picking up from. He's still on his way to Jerusalem. He's still traveling on this journey. And this journey lasted, it was very quick. But even though it was quick at the same time though, there were certain observations that occurred along the way because this was part of the purpose of this journey. To observe these things, to know these things, and to come back and be able to tell us these things in form of what he had come across. ثُمَّ أَتَى عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ تُرْضَخُ رُؤُوسُهُمْ كُلَّمَا رُضِخَتَ عَادَتْ كَمَا كَانَتْ then the narration goes on to say that then the Prophet ﷺ came upon, he passed by a people and he could see them, that their heads were being crushed. Like brutally. They're, they were being put down and their heads were being crushed. And every time their head was crushed, it would reform back to its original form, it would be completely fine. And then it would happen over and over again. It would completely go back to its original form. And this just kept happening over and over again. فَقَالَ يَا جِبْرِيلِ مَنْ هَأُولَى So the Prophet ﷺ said to Jibreel, remember the Prophet ﷺ is on the Buraq, Jibreel ﷺ is flying by his side. And he said, يَا جِبْرِيلِ مَنْ هَأُولَى Who are these people? فَقَالَ هَأُولَى الَّذِينَ تَتَشَاغَلُ رُؤُوسُهُمْ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ الْمَكْتُوبَةِ These are the people that their heads were too busy for the fard obligatory prayer. And it's saying this like kind of like metaphorically, figuratively, kinayatan, by saying that their heads were too busy, that they had so many things going on, that they were concerned about everything except their fard prayer. Their five times daily prayer. They were concerned about everything else. They worried about everything else. They kept a track of everything else. They kept a schedule of everything else, other than their five times daily prayer. ثُمَّ أَتَى عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ عَلَىٰ أَقْبَالِهِمْ رِقَاعٌ And then the narration says, then, then they came across a people, then the Prophet ﷺ came upon a people, that on the front of them, like on, on top of them, there were these patches. وَعَلَىٰ أَدْبَارِهِمْ رِقَاعٌ And on their back, there was also like patches. يَسْرَحُونَ كَمَا تَسْرَحُ الْإِبِلِ وَالْغَنَمِ And... 
it then goes on to explain that these people were wandering about. These people were like roaming around. Yesrahuna These people were wandering about and roaming about like camels or livestock or sheep or goats or cattle. The way they kind of roam around. And they were eating al-dari'ah. What is dari'ah? This is something that's mentioned in the Quran. In Surah Al-Ghashiyah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about it, talking about the people of the hellfire. لَيْسَ لَهُمْ طَعَامٌ إِلَّا مِن That they will not have any food except dari'ah. So what is dari'ah? نَبْتٌ ذُو شَوْكٍ لَاسِقٌ بِالْأَرْضِ تُسَمِّيهِ قُرَيْشْ الشِّبْرَقْ إِذَا كَانَ رَطْبًا فَإِذَا يَبِسَ فَهُوَ الضَّرِيعٌ لَا تَقْرِبُهُ دَابَّةٌ وَلَا بَهِيمَةٌ وَلَا تَرْعَاهُ وَهُوَ سَمٌ قَاتِلٌ وَهُوَ أَخْبَثُ الطَّعَامِ وَأَشْنَعُهُ وَعَلَى هَذَا عَمَّةُ الْمُفَسِّلِينَ Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he mentions, he explains what is this dari'ah. He says dari'ah is a type of plant that is thorny. It has thorns and it's a type of plant and it's stuck down to the earth. And if it was wet, the Quraysh used to refer to it as shibraq. Otherwise they would just refer to it as dari'ah if it was dried up and it was hard. لا تقربه دابتون No creature, no animal goes anywhere near this plant. No animal, no creature goes, any, goes even near it. And no animal, no creature eats from it. When they're grazing, they move away from it. They go around it, they don't graze on it. And وَهُوَ سَمٌ قَاتِلٌ It is very poisonous as well. And it is the worst type of food you could imagine. Like it is... It is hard to even fathom. It's hard to even imagine someone eating it. You know when you see something or something is like, uh, there, there's, there's some type of a plant or an animal or something, you can't even like picture someone actually eating that. Th- this is what this plant is. And so they will be roaming around the way that cattle and these types of animals roam around. And they'll be eating this plant of dariya. The second thing that it mentions is was zakum. A zakum is something that's also mentioned in the Quran as well in Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Surah Al-Safat, Surah Al-Dukhan. It's mentioned in multiple places as the food of the people of hell. This will be the food of the people of hell. And uh, Imam Al-Qurtubi, again, he kind of mentions about this zakum. He, say, he says that it is derived from the word tazakum. Tazakum means to very, like almost violently, to very violently like vomit and throw up something. Like, if, like your insides are coming out. It comes from that. The name of this plant is derived from that. And what, what feeds it, you know how like you water a plant or water a tree or water like crops and it grows food? The, 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 you don't water this plant. This plant grows more in the fire of hell. The fire of hell is its food, is what nourishes this plant. That's how severe this plant is. And this will be the food of the people of hell. And so these people were roaming around like cattle, like animals on all fours. 
And they're all torn up and patched up all over their bodies. And they're eating these terrible, terrible things. And the Prophet ﷺ sees them like this. They're eating stones of the fire of hell. That's very scary stuff. The Prophet ﷺ was immediately concerned. He said, who are these people, O Jibreel? These are the people that did not use to give zakat on their wealth. Due to not giving zakat, this is their punishment. They didn't think zakat was worth the trouble. So this is there. And then he says, And he saw the, the, the look on the Prophet ﷺ's face. You have to remember, Muhammad Rasulullah ﷺ is Rahmatulil Alameen. He's worried about people. He's concerned about these people. He's terrified at seeing the scene. And so Jibreel salam to put the Prophet at ease, he says, Allah did not wrong these people in the least bit. These people did this to themselves. And then it goes on to mention that then they came across a people that right in front of them in huge like pots in huge pots that are used for like cooking etc there was meat that it was roasted and it's like very good like very well cooked roasted meat inside of like trays and pots and it's sitting in front of them and on the side of that, in a container, there is also some meat, or rather it doesn't even mention it's in a container, lying on the ground. So these people are sitting there, in front of them are pots, like trays, that have meat that is very well roasted, nice and fresh, you can see the aroma kind of like coming from it. It's sitting there in one pot, one tray, a container. And to the side of that is meat sitting on the ground that is negi'un. It's raw. Khabithun. And it's spoiled. Like it's raw meat that has gone bad visibly. You can smell it, you can see it. That has gone terribly bad. And this is sitting there in front. These, these are the two things sitting in front of these people. فَجَعَلُوا يَأْكُلُونَ مِنَ النَّيِّئِ الْخَبِيثِ وَيَدَعُونَ النَّضِيجِ and these people then start to move forward to eat, but instead of eating the well-roasted, cooked, barbecued meat that is sitting inside of a plate, a tray, clean, nice, good, and that raw, spoiled meat that is sitting on the ground, these people go forward and start to eat from that raw, spoiled meat, that rotting meat. They start to eat from that. And again, the Prophet of Allah ﷺ being concerned, he said, مَا هَذَا يَا What is this, O Jibreel? قَالَ هَذَا الرَّجُلُ مِنْ أُمَّتِكَ تَكُونُ عِنْدَهُ الْمَرْأَةَ الْحَلَالَ الطَّيِّبِ فَيَأْتِي إِمْرَأَةً خَبِيثَةً فَيَبِيتُ عِنْدَهَا حَتَّى يُصْبِحُ وَالْمَرْأَةُ تَقُومُ مِنْ عِنْدِ زَوْجِهَا حَلَالًا طَيِّبًا فَتَأْتِي رَجُلًا خَبِيثًا فَتَبِيتُ مَعَهُ حَتَّى تُصْبِحَ Jibreel alayhi salam says to the Prophet O Messenger of Allah, this is a man from your ummah, from your followers. He has 
a wife. That he is like properly, Islamically, halalan meaning, he is Islamically married to her. Not only that, but tayyiban. She is a beautiful woman. A chaste woman, a good woman. Beautiful, good character, tayyiban. Like an extremely appealing, attractive woman. From all angles. But what does he do? فَيَأْتِي إِمْرَأَةً خَبِيثَةً But he goes to another woman that is very bad, immoral, sinful, an adulteress, a fornicator. He goes to her and he stays with her, like sleeps with her. فَيَبِيتُ عِنْدَهَا He commits a sin with her. حَتَّى يُصْبِحَ He spends the whole night with her. And also, this is a woman. Amongst this crowd of people, you see some men, some women that have something good sitting in front of them, but they're eating something nasty, filthy, and bad. It is these men that go that leave a good wife at home to go commit adultery. And similarly, it is a woman. She walks away from her husband, who she is Islamically married to. Halalan. Tayyiban. He's a good man. Appealing, attractive, desirable, from every angle. And she goes to a terrible, horrible man. Abusive, filthy, sinful, fornicating, adultering type of man. And she stays the night with him until morning time. These are those people. I'll explain a little bit about what the Prophet ﷺ is seeing and what these manifestations are at the end of this. ثُمَّ أَتَى عَلَى خَشَبَةٍ عَلَى الطَّرِيقٍ لَا يَمُرُّ بِهَا ثَوْبٌ وَلَا شَيْءٌ إِلَّا خَدَقَتْهُ Then the Prophet ﷺ is passing by and he sees like a piece of wood, like a lot of just wood kind of like lying around in the middle of the road. And anyone who passes by, their clothes get torn from it. Like, like wood, pieces of wood, branches that are just sticking out and they're jagged. And anyone who walks by, it's, it's crowding the road. So you have to squeeze on by, but when you squeeze on by, there's not enough road, so it still catches on your clothes and it tears the clothes of everyone who's walking by. فَقَالَ مَا هَذَا يَا جِبْرِيلِ The Prophet ﷺ said, so what is this, O Jibreel? فَقَالَ هَذَا مَثَلُ أَقْوَامٍ مِنْ أُمَّتِكَ يَقْعُدُونَ عَلَى الطَّرِيقِ فَيَقْطَعُونَهُ this is the example of people from your ummah, unfortunately, who sit on the ways, on the roads, on the paths that people travel across, فَيَقْطَعُونَهُ And they block people, they cut people. What that means is a number of different things. And then, وَتَلَا And then Jibreel a.s. recited the ayah of the Qur'an, وَلَا تَقْعُدُوا بِكُلِّ صَرَاطٍ تُوْعِدُونَ وَتَصُدُّونَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَيَبْغُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ so this talks about وَلَا تَقْعُدُوا بِكُلِّ سِرَاطٍ تُوْعِدُونَ This is from Surah Al-A'raf, ayah number 86. That do not sit along the paths, along the ways, making trouble for people, blocking people, distracting people from the path of Allah. But this means two things, this has two implications. Either people who sit along the paths and like rob people, harm people, hurt people, or those people as well that kind of wait there, sit, sit where people pass by from, or stand around where people they know are going to be coming by, and then they try to lead them astray. They tell them terrible things. They, they try to confuse people in terms of their iman. وَرَآ رَجُلًا يَسْبَحُ فِي نَهْرٍ مِنْ دَمْ 
And then the Prophet of Allah went a little bit forward. And he saw a man swimming in a river of blood. This is frightening stuff. He saw a man swimming in a river of blood. And rocks are being thrown and falling into the mouth of that man. Like it's such a bizarre scene. This man is already swimming in a river of blood. And then rocks are being thrown and they're going in the mouth of that man. فَقَالَ مَنْ هَذَا He said, who is this? فَقَالَ آكِلُ riba. This is someone who took, who consumed usury, interest. This is somebody who took interest. وَأَتَى عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ قَدْ جَمَعَ الرَّجُلُ مِنْهُمْ حِزْمَةً عَظِيمَةً لَا يَسْتَطِيعُ حَمْلَهَا Then he came across a people, came upon a people, that one of them has tied a bunch of luggage together, and then it's strapped to his back, but he can't lift it. So imagine like a huge, like, uh, like multiple bags, like a huge piece of luggage, getting strapped to someone's back, and then he's just pinned to the ground. He can't get up, he can't lift it up. And not only that, but then people are taking more luggage and putting more on top of that. Taking more luggage, he's already crushed to the ground. Then they're picking up more and putting more on him. Picking up more, putting more on him. فَقَالَ مَا هَذَا يَا جِبْرِيلِ He said, what is this, O Jibreel? قَالَ هَذَا الرَّجُلْ مِنْ أُمَّتِكَ تَكُونُ عِنْدَهُ أَمَانَاتِ النَّاسِ تَكُونُ عِنْدَهُ أَمَانَاتُ النَّاسِ لَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَىٰ أَدَائِهَا وَيُرِيدُ أَنْ يَتَحَمَّلَ عَلَيْهَا This is somebody who had amana, trust. People had deposited things with him for for safekeeping, for trust. They trusted him with their things for safekeeping. But what did he do? He did not, he was not able to return people's amanats back to them. But then he keeps taking more from people, keeps taking more. He's obviously negligent, he's obviously irresponsible. He already cannot return back to people what they put, kept with him to begin with. And then he just keeps taking more from people. ثُمَّ أَتَى عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ تُقْرَضُ أَلْسِنَتُهُمْ وَشَفَاهَهُمْ بِمَقَارِيضٍ مِّنْ حَدِيدٍ كُلَّمَا قُرِضَتْ عَادَ لَا يَفْتُرُ عَنْهُمْ مِنْ ذَلِكَ شَيْءٌ Then he came across a people that their tongues and their lips were being cut off or being chopped off with scissors, huge scissors that are made from iron, that are molded from iron. And every time they're chopped off, then they grow back. And then they're chopped off and they grow back. And this keeps happening over and over and over again. فَقَالَ مَنْ هَؤُلَاءِ جِبْرِيلٍ He said, who are these people now, O Jibreel? فَقَالَ هَؤُلَاءِ خُطَبَاءُ الْفِتْنَةِ هَؤُلَاءِ خُطَبَاءُ الْفِتْنَةِ مِنْ أُمَّتِكَ These are the preachers. These are the troublemaking preachers from your ummah. يَقُولُونَ مَا لَا يَفْعَلُونَ They say those things that they themselves do not do. They preach what they don't practice. These are those people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. وَمَرَّ بِقَوْمٍ لَهُمْ أَظْفَارٌ مِنْ نُحَاسٍ يَخْمِشُونَ وُجُوهَهُمْ وَصُدُورَهُمْ Subhanallah. 
Then he came, he passed by a people who had nails. They had nails that are made from copper. Nails that are made from copper. And they are literally peeling apart their own faces. They are scratching off, peeling off their own faces and their own chests. فَقَالَ مَنْ هَؤُلَاءِ جِبْرِيلِ He said, now who are these people, Jibreel? فَقَالَ هَؤُلَاءِ الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ لُحُومَ النَّاسِ وَيَقَعُونَ فِي أَعْرَاضِهِمْ Subhanallah. He said, these are the people that used to eat the flesh of people. He's not talking about cannibals. These are the people that used to eat the flesh of other people. He's not talking about cannibals. It's not cannibalism. That's, that's haram too, by the way. But it's not talking about cannibalism. What do you think it's talking about? What's the, what's the Qur'anic parable for eating the flesh? Backbiting. Ghiba. Backbiting. Dhikruka akhaka bima yakra. To say something about somebody that they wouldn't appreciate. You know the Prophet ﷺ was asked, well what if what we're saying is true? What if what we're saying is true? He said, Dhikruka akhaka bima yakra. He said, that is ghiba. To say something about your brother or your sister that they just wouldn't appreciate. But if it's true, it's ghiba. If you're saying something about somebody that's not even true, then that is buhdan, that is tuhma. That is, a, that is slander, that is much, much more severe of a sin. But ghiba itself. So he's saying these are the people that would eat the flesh of other people, they would backbite other people. وَيَقَعُونَ فِي أَعْرَاضِهِمْ this very interesting construction in Arabic. وَيَقَعُونَ فِي أَعْرَاضِينَ They used to go and indulge into people's honor and dignity. They would lay their hands on the honor and the dignity of people. They would lay their hands. They would turn people's honor, people's dignity, people's respect into, into play, into, into games. Open season on people's honor. These are those people. That this is what's being done to them. The, subhanAllah, look at the, it, their punishment, self-inflicted. They themselves are peeling and scratching their own faces off. Again, may Allah protect us all. وَأَتَى عَلَى حَجَرٍ صَغِيرٍ يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ ثَوْرٌ عَظِيمٌ And then he came across a small little rock. It was a small tiny little stone, a small little rock. يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ ثَوْرٌ عَظِيمٌ and like a huge bull, a bull, like the animal, a huge bull came out of that small little rock. And then when that bull comes out of, materializes out of that tiny little stone, that tiny little rock, then the bull goes and tries to shove himself back into that rock. But of course he's not able to. But he keeps trying, keeps trying and he's not able to. فَقَالَ مَا هَذَا يَا جِبْرِيلِ He said, what is this, O Jibreel? The Prophet ﷺ asked. فَقَالَ جِبْرِيلِ Jibreel ﷺ said, هَذَا الرَّجُلْ يَتَكَلَّمُ بِالْكَلِمَةِ الْعَظِيمَةِ ثُمَّ يَنْدِمُ عَلَيْهَا فَلَا يَسَّطِيعُ أَنْ يَرُدَّهَا This is somebody that would say big, big things. This is somebody that would stick, their, stick his, this is someone who would stick his or her foot in their own mouth. You know what we say? Putting your foot in your mouth? They would say big things. They would say, they would speak unnecessarily. They would speak about like major things, serious issues. And then they would be remorseful and regretful for what they had said. 
but they weren't but they're but they but they aren't able to take back what they've said they don't have the ability to take it back this is the example of that person so this has been pretty heavy so far now there's some reprieve here so before I even go forward let me explain so far these are some of the major sins that very unfortunately, you have to understand, I told you, al-Isra al-Mi'raj, this journey, this is a key landmark of the life of the seerah of the Prophet And because we know, like we'll talk about a little bit later, the five times daily prayer became obligatory on the return from this journey. There were major, major things that occurred with this. Also at the same time, the, the prayer, the salah was the first of the major ahkam. The first of the major commands and rulings that were ordained within Islam. And it opened the door for now, the time for the tarbiyah, the development of iman. Tarbiyah imaniya, to develop the faith, the belief, the iman of the people had been fulfilled. That course was ending now. Now was the time of ordinance. The time for rules and restrictions and obligations and prohibitions. That was coming now. And all of this was leading up to the establishment of the Muslim community full scale. And that would be Al-Madinatul Munawwara, the illuminated blessed city of Medina. So this is all leading up to that. That's why the first place the Prophet ﷺ stopped and prayed on that journey was at the city of Medina. Ardun Tayyibah. The beautiful land. And so what the Prophet ﷺ is seeing on this journey are some of the major sins that will be prohibited upon this ummah. Taking of interest, backbiting people, committing adultery, etc, etc, etc. All of these things that were mentioned, some major, major sins and pitfalls for this ummah, things that must be avoided. And these very scary parallels, images, examples of the reality of those sins was given to the Prophet ﷺ, was painted for the Prophet ﷺ, so that he could visualize this, he could see this, and he would be that much more serious and emotional when he would actually enjoin this upon his ummah, when he would warn them from staying away from these things, that this was the image that the Prophet saw in his head. Every time he told us, don't take interest. Every time he said, don't backbite. Every time he said, don't commit adultery. Don't do this, don't do that. Don't preach what you don't practice, etc., etc., etc. Whenever he told us, don't do these things, he was so emotional, he was so emphatic. He was so insistent because he could see that image in his head. And as much as he loved his ummah, he never wanted something like this to ever happen to any member of his ummah. He loved his ummah. He loved his ummah so dearly. His ummah was so dear to him, is so dear to him. He cried for us, he bled for us, he sacrificed for us. He lost family members for our sake. He did so much for us. The ummah was his family. The Sahaba say the Prophet ﷺ was like a father to us. He looked at the Sahaba as the, the um, when he thought of the Ummah, he thought of a family. He thought of like his own children. He never wanted any harm to come to them. And that's why when the Prophet ﷺ says, don't do this. This is prohibited. This is haram. Stay away from this. Jazakallah khairan. Stay away from this. This is prohibited. This is haram. And it might seem kind of heavy to us. Like man, 
You have, to, you have to understand the emotion of the Prophet ﷺ. He's on this journey, this miraculous journey, seeing people, seeing all this brutality going on. And he keeps asking Jibreel, Man ha'ula, ma hadha? What is this? Who are these people? Oh Jibreel, why is this happening? And Jibreel ﷺ would give him the example, would give him the explanation. This is why, this is why, this is why. And the Prophet ﷺ came back and informed us everything he saw so that we also keep this in mind. That this is the ugliness of this sin. This is the ugly reality of these sins. And secondly, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again protect us all. This also is the punishment for these sins in the fire of hell. And so this reality was given on that day. So now the Prophet ﷺ is continuing on. فَأَتَى عَلَىٰ وَادٍ He passed by, he now arrives at a valley. فَوَجَدَ رِيحًا طَيِّبَةً بَارِدَةً And he f- and there, there was a very cool, beautiful breeze. كَرِيحِ الْمِسْكِ And the breeze smelled of musk. Beautiful, fragrant. Cool breeze blowing through that valley. وَسَمِعَ صَوْتًا And then he heard a sound. فَقَالَ يَا جِبْرِيلِ مَا هَذَا He said, oh Jibreel, what is this now? قَالَ هَذَا صَوْتُ الْجَنَّةِ He said, this is the voice of Jannah that you hear. Paradise is speaking. تَقُولْ It is saying, يَا رَبِّي Jannah is making dua. Paradise is praying to Allah, its creator. Ya Rabbi, O oh my Lord, my Master, Bring to me, give to me what you promised me. فَقَدَ كَثُرَتْ غُرَفِي فَقَدَ كَثُرَتْ غُرَفِي Because my rooms are very abundant. وَاسْتَبْرَقِي The couches and the cushions that I possess are very abundant. وَحَرِيرِي the silk that I contain is extremely abundant. وَسُنْدُسِي وَعَبْرَقِي وَلُؤْلُؤِي وَمَرْجَانِي وَفِضَّتِي وَذَهَبِي وَأَكْوَابِي وَصِحَافِي وَأَبَارِيقِي وَمَرَاكِبِي وَعَسَلِي وَمَائِي وَلَبَنِي وَخَمْرِي And Jannah keeps going on. Paradise keeps talking about everything it contains. The couches, the cushions, the rooms, the silk, the different types of luxurious clothing, the jewels and the pearls and the gold and the silver, cups and plates and and, and goblets, you know, transportation, rivers of honey, rivers of water, rivers of milk, rivers of the pure wine of paradise, all of this is extremely abundant. More than anyone could ever even count. I contain all of this, Ya Allah. When will you bring to me what you had promised me? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to paradise. Jannah. Allah says, Laki kullu muslimin wa muslimatin wa mu'minin wa mu'minatin. For you will be every Muslim man, man and woman, every believing man and woman. Woman amanabi wa rusuli, the people who believed in me and believed in my messengers. Allah says, wa amila salihan, and they did good deeds. Walam yushrik bi, and they did not associate any partners to me. Walam yattakhid min duni andadan, they did not take any partners 
or associates aside from me. وَمَنْ خَشِيَنِي فَهُوَ آمِنٌ Someone who is overwhelmed by thinking about Allah, someone who fears Allah, is somebody who believes in Allah. وَمَنْ سَأَلَنِي أَعْطَيْتُهُ Whoever asks me for anything, I give it to him or her. وَمَنْ أَقْرَضَنِي جَزَيْتُهُ Somebody who gives me a loan. What does that mean to give Allah a loan? Allah doesn't need our money. We don't need, Allah doesn't need to borrow our wealth. Somebody who donates in the path of Allah, somebody who gives in the path of Allah, gives in a good, charitable, noble, religious cause. Jazaytuhu, I reward that person. Waman tawakkala alayya kafaytuhu. Somebody who puts their trust in me, I suffice for that person. I am all that person will ever need. I take care of that person. Inni an Allah. La ilaha illa ana. Most definitely, without a doubt, I am Allah. There's absolutely and positively nothing, no one that is worthy of worship except for me. La ukhliful mi'ad. I do not break my promises. Waqada aflahal mu'minun. The believers have achieved success. Watabarakallahu ahsan al khaliqeen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most blessed is Allah. Allah is the source and the giver of all blessings. And He is the most magnificent of anyone who has any ability to create. Qalat qadraditu. At the end of this response from Allah, Jannah paradise says, Qadraditu, I am satisfied with that, my Lord. Then the Prophet arrives at another valley. munkaran. And he hears a very like scary sound. A very terrible sound. Muntanitan. It's hard to pronounce. فَوَجَدَ رِيحًا مُنْتَنِتًا And then he comes across a scent in that valley. There's a very terrible sound and a very terrible smell. Like a very disgusting, repulsive smell. فَقَالَ مَا هَذَا يَا جِبْرِيلِ He says, what is this now, Jibreel? قَالَ هَذَا صَوْتُ جَهَنَّمُ This is the voice of the fire of hell, Jahannam. تَقُولْ يَا رَبِّ إِئْتَنِي بِمَا وَعَدْتَنِي Hell, the fire of hell is saying, Oh my Lord, give to me, bring to me that which you promised me. فَقَدْ كَثُرَتْ سَلَاسِلِي وَأَغْلَالِي وَسَعِيرِي وَحَمِيمِي وَضَرِيعِي وَغَسَّاقِي وَعَذَابِي Because the fire of hell, Jahannam says, My Lord, bring to me that which you promised me. Why? Because my chains and my shackles in my flames, in my boiling hot water, in my thorny plants that will be the food, in my brew, like almost like a brew, like, like, like a soup that will be made from the blood and the pus of the people of hell. Wa'adabi and my punishment is extremely abundant. I'm overflowing with these things, Ya Allah. Bring to me. What you promised me. وَقَدْ بَعُدَ قَعْرِي وَاشْتَدَّ حَرِّي My, the, the bottom of, the, the bottom part of, of the hellfire, hellfire is saying that my depth is very, very far. Meaning the bottom of the, of the fire of hell, the deepest pits in the fire of hell are very far. وَاشْتَدَّ حَرِّي And my temperature is constantly rising. It is very severe. فَأْتِنِي بِمَا وَعَدْتَنِي Bring to me, O Allah, what you promised me. 
فقال لك كل مشرك ومشركة وكافر وكافرة وخبيث وخبيثة Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says for you will be every shirk committing man or woman, man and woman, every disbelieving, denying man and woman, every evil man and woman, وَكُلُّ جَبَّارٍ And each and every single hard-hearted soul, لَا يُؤْمِنُ بِيَوْمِ الْحِسَابِ Who does not believe in the day of Reckoning, the day of accounting. قَالَتْ قَدْ And the fire of hell says, I am satisfied with that as well, my Lord. وَرَأَتْ دَجَّالِ فِي صُورَتِهِ رُؤْيَةَ عَيْنٍ لَا رُؤْيَا مَنَامٍ And then the Prophet ﷺ tells the Sahaba anhum, Then he saw Dajjal. What is referred to as the Antichrist, Dajjal. فِي سُورَتِهِ رُؤْيَةَ عَيْنٍ لَا رُؤْيَةَ مَنَامٍ لَا رُؤْيَا مَنَامٍ He saw him in his actual form, with his own eyes. The Prophet ﷺ saw him. This wasn't like a dream. فَقِيلَ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ كَيْفَ رَأَيْتَهُ And somebody said, somebody interrupted the Prophet ﷺ and said, O Messenger of Allah, how was he? What did you see? فَقَالَ رَأَيْتُهُ فِي الْمَانِيًّ He says that I saw him and he describes, he uses a word that is a, a very archaic word um, in Arabic vocabulary. He says that he was a huge man. He was a huge man. Like just, الرجل العظيم والجبان والعظيم الجمة He was just a huge sized man. Like he was a very big man. أَقْمَرَ هُجَانٍ إِحْدَى عَيْنِهِ قَائِمًا كَأَنَّهَا كَوْكَبْ And then the Prophet says that one of his eyes was damaged and kind of bulging out. It was damaged and bulging out, like the scar of it, the remainder of it. And then the Prophet says, كَأَنَّ شَعْرَ رَأْسِهِ أَخْصَانُ And his hair was wild and frayed, like the, the, the branches of a tree. His hair was all messy and disheveled and wild, like the branches of a tree. And then the Prophet said, Ushabbi'uhu bi Abdul Uzza bin Qutan. That I would say that he looked something like Abdul Uzza bin Qutan, which was a man. Subhanallah. Then the Prophet says that he then also informs us that he saw a white pillar, a huge, beautiful, white, pristine pillar. Like it was carved, like it was made from pearls. Like it was carved out of a pearl. And the angels were carrying this white pillar around, made out of a pearl. He said, what are y'all carrying? What are you carrying? Islam. They said, this is the pillar of Islam. This is the central pillar of the religion of Islam. We were commanded to go and place it in Asham. And Bilad al-Sham in ancient times is a very vast area and region but even modern day Syria would be a part of that region. 
This is from the fada'il of that land. That we were told to go and place the pillar of Islam in Asham. That even at the night, the journey of Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj, the Prophet of Allah saw the virtue of that land and that area and those people. And so we definitely make dua for them. That may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alleviate what they're suffering through. وَبَيْنَا يَسِيرِ إِدْدَعَاهُ دَاعٍ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ يَا مُحَمَّدْ أَنْضِدْنِي أَسْأَلُكَ فَلَمْ يُجِبْهُ Then as the Prophet ﷺ kept going forward, he heard somebody from the right of him call out to him, يَا مُحَمَّدْ أَنْضِدْنِي Wait for me. أَسْأَلُكَ I need to ask you something. فَلَمْ يُجِبْهُ The Prophet ﷺ did not respond. فَقَالَ مَا هَذَا يَا جِبْرِيلَ And he said, what is going on here, O Jibreel? قَالَ هَذَا دَاعِيُ الْيَهُودِ This caller is from the Yahud. أَمَا إِنَّكَ لَوْ أَجَبْتَهُ لَتَهَوَّدَتْ أُمَّتُكَ That if you would have responded to him, to this person calling you, then your ummah would have turned to Judaism. They would have left Islam and turned to Judaism. They would have lost their iman. Now what, and let me go ahead and mention the next part, then I'll explain. وَبَيْنَا هُوَ يَسِيرُ إِدْدَعَاهُ دَاعِنِ عَنْ شِمَالِهِ And as he kept going forward, then somebody called him out, called out to him from the left side. يَا مُحَمَّدْ أَنْضِرْنِي أَسَلُكَ He said, oh Muhammad, wait for me, I need to ask you something. فَلَمْ يُجِبْهُ He did not respond. فَقَالَ مَا هَذَا يَا جِبْرِيلِ He said, what is this, O Jibreel? قَالَ هَذَا دَاعِيُ النَّصَارَى He said, this is the caller from the Christians. From Christianity. أَمَا إِنَّكَ لَوْ أَجَبْتَهُ لَتَنَصَّرَتْ أُمَّتُكَ If you would have responded to this caller, your ummah would have turned to Christianity. So now what does that exactly mean? What does this signify? And again, we've seen on this entire journey, there are, these things are manifestations or representations. Visual representations of different things. What is this a representation of? So the Prophet of Allah wasallam being called out to from one side, but not responding, but keeping straight, going forward. And then being called out to another side and not responding, but going straight forward. This is the representation of the fact that Muhammad Rasulullah and his sharia that was about to blossom and unfold and, and become available now to humanity, the full scope of the lifestyle of Muhammad the commands of Islam, the lifestyle of Islam, this is representative of Al-Hanifiyyah This is that straight path That focused straight path That Ibrahim salam walked upon That laid the foundation for Millatu Ibrahim Millatu Ibrahim Hanifa This is that representation of that Not going right, not going left Meaning not straying from the path Not getting distracted But staying focused and continuing down The straight path, the straight course That Allah has laid out for the Prophet Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Prophet In the Quran This is the straight path So just stay on it Just stay on it I've put you on the straight path, I've laid it out for you, you just stay on it now. Don't get distracted. And by saying that your ummah would have gone to Judaism or Christianity, that very well could literally mean that your ummah would have been confused 
and, and possibly could have fallen into this you know, fitna of actually converting to other religions. But the, the, the scholars, the muhaddithun, the scholars of sirah, they explained that that not only means this, but it, what it also means is your ummah would have fallen into the same fitan, the same trials, the same tribulations, the same distractions, the same problems, theological problems that the Jews or the Christians fell into. They would have fallen into the same thing in terms of rejection of the faith or, or becoming or altering of the religion or personification of God or etc. etc. They could have fallen into a number of these other issues. But what this is representing to the Prophet ﷺ is that just like you didn't pay attention to who called out to you from the right, you didn't pay attention to who called out to you from the left, you didn't pay attention to the noise on the side, you stayed straight forward. Meaning what? You will continue to walk down and lead your ummah down the straight path. And as long as you keep moving down the straight path, your ummah will keep following you, they will be okay at the end of the day. Their iman will be intact and they will be okay. We'll go ahead and stop here. I realize there's still quite a bit left. He's still on the journey to Jerusalem. But we'll go ahead and stop here inshallah. Uh, it's time for Salat al-Isha and then we'll pick up from here uh, in the next session inshallah. May, again, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to practice everything we've said and heard. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the study of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu a means of benefit for us. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallahum bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nasaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.